0: you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Should we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up Francis. This is The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right.
1: Thank you so much for being here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Okay, something on my wish list got checked off. Couldn't even believe it when I saw the news. Dude, Uh, I
2: thought of you immediately. (laughs) Immediately.
3: You have have two buses carrying around, what, 100 migrants coming from Texas arriving early this morning outside of the vice president's residence at the Naval Observatory in Washington, D.C. Yes. It is wonderful, because, I mean, just the other day, Kamala Harris doing an interview with MSNBC and NBC News' Chuck Todd was saying, no, the border's secure. Yep. Okay? Of course it is. And that's been a top priority for this administration, for any administration. Well.
4: We have... A secure border Mm -hmm. in that that is a priority for any nation, including ours and our administration.
3: So it's a priority and it's secure. What else do you need to know? Right. And so here you go. You got 100 migrants outside of the vice president's official residence. Uh, Fox News was there. I like the conspiracy theorists that are like, oh, my gosh, they were in on it. Well, yeah, probably somebody in the governor's office tipped them off. That's how this works. Sure. I don't understand why this is so bad especially considering you know the lengthy history of liberal news outlets like i don't know literally feeding debate questions to democrats that they like right or being there during an fbi raid of one of trump's buddies right huh So shop yeah Uh, now fox news was there talked to a few of the people who had been dropped off one guy was actually asked explicitly hey is the border closed like kamala harris said it was
2: and? Is the border closed? Do you believe that the border is closed or is it open? It's
5: open, not closed. The border is open. <laughs> the border is open. Do you believe that all the migrants believe that the border is open? Yeah, everybody believes that the border is open. It's open because we enter, we come in. It's, uh, we
3: enter, we come yeah, in. I'm here. Obviously, yeah. the border's not closed. Right. So it doesn't matter what the vice president
1: yeah. said or the director of Homeland Security. Um, the border, the border, is secure I, I, maybe the rest of that clip says secure
3: securely open
0: <laughs> right the doors are open yeah.
3: now I, I don't i don't know if this is true uh but i've heard rumors that somebody showed first lady jill biden a photo of what was going on outside the vice president's residence yes um and she said i don't understand when they put a taco bell there
2: <laughs> right yes oh, I forgot of course about that. yeah right <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah. Well, part of my wish list was sending uh, illegals to Martha's Vineyard.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: We were talking about, you know, where else to send these people. And I'm sure I'm not the only one to say it, but I I remember talking about it saying, okay, I'm wanting Martha's Vineyard and the Hamptons. Let's do that. I want to go with Aspen, too. Put it on the list.
3: Absolutely. Okay. So, so this not from Texas but from Florida David. Yeah, Florida has now sent a couple of plane loads of illegal immigrants to Martha's uh, Martha's vineyard and we're supposed to believe that this is evil and tragic. And what I really don't understand here is they're saying how can you just put these people on a plane and send them somewhere? And I'm just thinking, you know, you know where Florida is, right? Uh, how how do you think all these migrants got to Florida? The federal government put them on a freaking airplane and sent them there. Yes. That's what happened. But that's n- that's no problem there. Right. They're okay. just supposed then, to deal with it. Yes.
1: just You deal with it. How dare you? Th- they didn't know where they were going. Right. I saw the coverage of this. Oh, it yeah. It was just, it's breathtaking that this is happening. They didn't even know where they were going. Yeah. Well, you would think if they came into the country, they would want to go somewhere where there's open arms and a sanctuary state or city, yes, like Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. The elite that want to provide services for these people, this is giving them the opportunity to serve like the
3: servants they are. Right. I mean, That's right. Step Barack, up. Barack Obama's got a big mansion there on Martha's Vineyard. I mean, Absolutely. why isn't he opening the doors? He should open the doors for them. Sure. Right? Plenty of room there. On the Today Show, uh, Savannah Guthrie, after they were done giving the story, uh, was praising the community for rallying together during this difficult time. This, uh, it's unbelievable.
1: Carrie,
0: okay, it sounds like the local community pulled together to, to give shelter and, and help to these migrants, but were local officials given any kind of warning to prepare for the arrival? Oh.
1: Well, several local officials say that Florida gave them no warning, that they did have to scramble to provide some humanitarian aid to those who are arriving. And they liken it to responding to
2: a natural disaster. Savannah. All right. Carrie Sanders, thank you very
3: much. So So according to liberals right now, if you're a first lady, Dr. Jill Biden, uh, Latinos are like uh, breakfast tacos. And Mm -hmm. according to NBC, Latinos are like uh, natural disaster.
2: Yes. Okay.
1: And the tone of the entire report was like they were covering a natural disaster. (laughs) Well, did they even have any warning? Think about if you are in Arizona or Texas, and you're just taking people at their word. You would have heard earlier this week the border is secure, so you wouldn't need to prepare either. (laughs) No one told them that people were coming across the border. No one told them how could they do that. Well, the leader of
2: the cartel called the mayor of El Paso, Texas, said, hey, <laughs> we're bringing a bunch to your state.
3: <laughs> I better mean, get ready. I mean, that's the thing. If you're in El Paso, of all places, which is a Democrat-run city, um, y- y- you got to be just sort of, I, I don't know, your-, your jaw has to be dropping constantly when you hear people complaining about 50 to 100 migrants showing up that have already been processed by the federal government, by the way. They've already been processed to whatever extent the federal government is processing folks who show up on the border. That's how they wind up in a place like Florida. Yes. And now you're complaining that these people who have been processed and sent to Florida are now winding up on Martha's Vineyard. El Paso, I don't know if you've seen the news, they've had to release hundreds of people who were literally being detained because they've run out of room. Yes. To handle the influx of people.
1: Correct. Yeah, it would be really interesting to talk to those people. So what do you think when you get the winers in Chicago and D.C. and New York and now Martha's Vineyard? Oh. Meanwhile, the rail strike was avoided, at least for now, temporarily. Yeah. yeah.
3: so what we hear. A uh, tentative deal yeah. has been struck between rail companies and unions to avoid a massive strike that would have cost our country somewhere in the ballpark of $2 billion a day. Obviously, it's, it's good if we kick this can down the road. Nothing is finalized. There are a bunch of unions involved in this, so... Uh, each individual union will have to go back to their membership and approve this tentative agreement. Uh, Now, a lot of this had to do with, like, scheduling time off. At least that's what they said publicly. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, if I have to go to a doctor's visit, it's hard for me to schedule that because I could be called into work and blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, It does seem like this, to me at least, and maybe call me out. If, If you think I'm just tinfoil hat wearing a crazy person, call me out here. Okay because it really feels to me like this was a bunch of political theater everybody knew that something was going to get done they just wanted to try to orchestrate this to hand Joe Biden a victory at the last minute it's possible
1: i mean listen to i don't him. think you i don't think you're crazy but you know as we've texted you know several times over the last well i guess you could say several years now but especially over the last say year and a half i go back and forth between these people that are running the country are really that dumb like don't understand optics obviously the policies are terrible and then you get caught in this conflict in your mind well maybe they've masterminded all of this so i can't say you're crazy for thinking maybe we'll make joe the hero out of this that he makes a call in the middle of the night to
2: help save the economy yeah because that's the way it's covered he right now. You just happened to get up and shuffle into the bathroom when yeah. the bat phone was ringing and I mean, you answered it.
3: Listen to the media coverage today. I there know. There is one clear hero in all of this. Absolutely. Oh, did you put together montage?
1: I did.
5: Oh, nice. nice. Roll it. They have a deal. A nationwide freight rail strike averted. The president himself calling in around 9 p.m. last night. What
1: a source describes as a crucial call from President Biden. President Biden placed what
3: this source describes as a critical phone call.
2: President Biden likes to call himself the most
3: pro-union president of all time. And we
5: know he does like that nickname, Amtrak Joe, for his love of the trains.
3: (laughs) Dude, (laughs) you know (laughs) that both sides here knew something was going to get worked out. Mm-hmm. And you know what? The union, they they threw Joe Biden a bone here, so he gets to be the hero. And then probably because there is this mixture of, of nefarious collusion and complete incompetence in play, probably in a couple of months, we're going to be staring down the barrel of an actual strike. Yeah, that could be. And as this got kicked down the road, past the midterms at least, and then just in time for Christmas, bam, uh, yeah, everything comes to a grinding halt.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. because they, And, you know, you say, well, hey, man, they started canceling. You know, Amtrak started canceling rides yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that certainly could be one of two things. Either they knew or people that were on the inside that have to make the schedules decided, oh, this is probably going to happen. So we best get in front of this now. It could go either way. But I think it's the powers, what you're saying, David, that orchestrated the whole thing. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, But I think for a lot of people in the country, I don't even know if they paid attention to it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Because like a lot of things, until it's right up on you, you really don't know that it's happening. And it was, sorry, gaining more steam. (laughs) But more on that a little bit later. You wrote that down, didn't you? I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It was just, I'm like, do I dare say it? Yeah, Yeah, whatever. Go ahead. Did you see this? I See, I look at stories like this, and it gives me hope that the Emmys the other night, you know, we all forgot it was on. Yeah. The lowest amount of viewers in the history of the show. The lowest amount.
3: Not no- surprised. Nobody cares. And nobody knows half the shows that are that are nominated for awards. That's absolutely true. Whatever I see- they
1: The whole self-congratulatory yeah. atmosphere. I mean, that's what all these award shows are. Mm-hmm. But they used to be held in higher regard, and people just don't seem to care anymore. Yeah, I That's mean, it more than anything else. I don't
2: want to be lectured to. And that's another part. I'm tired of it.
1: Yes. I totally agree. I mean, you know what you like to watch, whether it's sports on TV, a certain series, what style. And no matter what wins for the Emmys, is it really going to affect you at all? No. Probably not. And it used to be, I think it was totally different, because, oh my gosh, everybody's talking about this show. It's it's really, you know, getting a lot of attention. I should probably check it out. And anymore, you kind of have the feeling, well, I kind of get what this probably is. Unless a friend of yours actually says to you, man, you need to check this out, because mm-hmm. it's really good. Right. But just because it's on the Emmys, okay. But the lowest in history, that's really good. Part of that was the people that were getting into Martha's Vineyard. They made them watch it. <laughs> <laughs> part of just being welcomed into the Bill country meters on yeah. of course okay um huh. hey, did you guys hear about hunter biden saying uh i gotta have this child support lowered yeah. i can't yeah. afford this
3: are you freaking
1: serious we'll get to that much more coming up right here. the markley van camp and robin show jerry markley david van camp scott robbins feel like every once in a while you just throw out the reminder you're not going crazy you're not no we're here to remind you every day you haven't lost your mind mm-hmm. country has lost its mind in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. you have not a lot of what we're seeing is crazy and it's good to see just good people standing up and talking about what they believe in Ron santis's wife she what she said casey DeSantis, when it comes to vaccines i haven't heard this yet no did an interview with Daily Wire, and she's talking about parents and standing up for their kids, saying, yeah, they, meaning the parents, should be skeptical of the health officials during COVID because basically everything they told us was a lie. Well, that is true. Yeah. They said, wear the mask. It will stop transmission. Take the vaccine and you won't get sick and you won't transmit. They were people that were actually tying people's jobs to the COVID vaccine when they knew that the science wasn't what they said it was. And just sort of a reminder, don't forget that. They've done an immense disservice to society because they have been repeatedly wrong on so many things, but they haven't had the fortitude to come out and admit they were wrong. And I think parents are very upset by that. And it's true.
2: Glad she said it. That's why I'm I'm really, really hoping that we get the red wave has been predicted coming up so they can take Fauci's ass and put him on trial. Oh, need
1: the Senate for that. Let's go get it.
2: Get Need it to done. It. Well, again. By
1: the way, did you also notice a few uh, seats, baby. that the uh, Navy quietly canceled the vaccine
2: requirement order for the Navy SEALs? No, I can join the SEALs finally. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, gosh. See, you guys <laughs> laugh. Right? I,
3: I think, uh, Scott, you and I might be able to be recruited into the Navy manatees
2: that's possible
3: we don't we don't so much go and kick ass around the globe we just sort of float
2: and then occasionally get you know hit by fan boats but floating is very very important because we can uh, we can get intelligence that way we're decoys all (laughs) right right yeah
1: i thought for a second the only thing that would resemble you as a seal is if you were clapping for them
3: by the side going (laughs) all right that too mean No, no, that's that's uh, you. That's typical. If you're graduating from the uh, manatee program,
2: instead of Hell Week, (laughs) it's Taco Bell Week. That's right. (laughs) And they flip them up in the air and you (laughs) get them (laughs) in your mouth. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? No one covers that
1: either. It's not like the Today Show all of a sudden says, hey, they've stopped requiring Navy SEALs to get the vaccine. But remember, when they were requiring military to get it, it was big freaking news. Right. They're evil, they're terrible. By the way, uh, mainstream media also ignored Hunter Biden, who is now—he's crying poorhouse here. Are you serious? Yeah, Daily Mail had the story. He's attempting to lower his child support payments to no. the mother of his well illegitimate child. This was the London stripper, Roberts, right? Yeah. Yes, according yeah. to some of those uh, documents, he filed a motion to adjust child support. This was on Monday citing a substantial material change in his financial circumstances
3: including but not limited to his income didn't he okay didn't he just offload a few paintings to undisclosed yeah. you know bidders for half a million dollars doesn't what, seem like that long ago
2: what does he do oh aside from yeah i mean know. does he have like a real job well, when you're not on all these boards. That's what I mean. When you get booted off the boards <laughs> or the boards don't exist anymore. And they're paying you hundreds of thousands of
1: dollars into the millions. I suppose business isn't as good as it used to be. No, I think it's probably down some. Yeah. You would think maybe dad or uncle could kick in some. They've gotten rich off the same sort of relationships, but apparently not. Wow. That little girl, too, is now four years old. Wow. Wow. He has not met that girl either. Bad guy.
3: They, well, oh. the Bidens are terrible human beings, all of them.
1: Honestly. Okay, so you're, you're high on drugs, whatever you, you say at the time. There was an ongoing relationship with this right. woman, right? You got her pregnant. She has the kid. You've been paying some child support because you were forced to. Yeah. Okay, but you have no want to see the child
3: at all? Nothing. No. Really? Honestly, it's probably no. best for the child that he's not around. Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
1: Yes, I'm not going to disagree it's, with that. It's a but it really sad, speaks to what kind of scumbag yeah. this guy really well, is. Well,
2: Grandpa Joe hasn't seen the child. Well, no. Well, no.
1: They're, they're not good optics That's there for brutal. those people. Yeah. Okay, much more to get to. Uh, Who said electric vehicles are cheaper to own? Not Kamala. Oh, yeah. It's coming
0: up. All right.
1: The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley. Yeah, I'm the Gen Xer. The millennial is David Van Camp and the sexy boomer. Showing a little chest hair today. That's Scott
6: Robbins. Yes. Okay.
1: Okay. Guess who has
3: finite resources? Yeah. The city of Chicago. Oh, yeah. You know, they, they don't have their... They're not flush with cash like Del Rio, Texas. Right. It's right. incredible, man. So uh, Texas has sent a few busloads of migrants to Chicago, and Chicago has promptly sent them to the suburbs, including small towns that aren't even in the same county as Chicago. And these small towns are going. Hey, what are we supposed to do here? What, what what's the what are we supposed to do? And you know what? I, I had not thought of this until Chicago. I was reading some of the uh, local media out of Chicago. One of the reasons why they are so panicked is because even though there is plenty of hotel space, what's coming up in a little less than a month is the Chicago Marathon, and so they can't. They cannot afford to put people up in hotels because otherwise that might upset the Apple cart for all the people who are going to show up to watch or participate in oh, or sponsor wow. the Chicago Marathon.
1: Okay, you guys know this. My daughter ran in that is that three years ago? That's how I went funny. up yeah to watch. It you I don't even know how to describe it. It's so hard to even get into the city. Yeah. Because it is packed beyond
3: belief, right? I hadn't even thought of that. Holy smokes! But I think the marathon is October ninth. Sounds right. And so, yeah, they they cannot they it, if they have to put up a few hundred or pay for a few hundred rooms indefinitely, then it's not so much about the cost to the city, but for the migrants themselves, it's about what that means for revenue for the, uh, for the uh, marathon. Yeah. And also, you don't want to have a bunch of people that are unknown to any of the authorities wandering around the streets of Chicago when Chicago already has a problem with crime. Oh, yeah. Holy smokes, man. It's <laughs> because, a- yeah, they
1: jacked the rates, obviously, right. for rooms everywhere. I, if I remember right, I had to get an Uber to the airport because we were all meeting in Seattle, or Portland, I forget, but it was, it was like triple the amount. It, yeah. You just can't describe the, the traffic, yeah. the amount of people. Yeah. Uh, well,
2: I mean, the governor of of Illinois is rich because of the Hyatts that his family <laughs> business owns. Owned. They own them all. Yeah. Order it by decree of the governor. We're going to free up 100 suites here for the yeah, for but, the
3: illegals. Here. But see, those sweet sweet rates are going to go through the roof. Wow, well, do that just doesn't seem very loving, does it? No, that is putting profits before people. Right, exactly. It's pretty racist, if you ask me. Yeah, I'm right um, there with you. Now, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, Mayor of Chicago, uh, explained yesterday. Uh, well, it's 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 not just about the marathon, okay? All uh, right, uh, we, we just don't have the resources right now. Okay.
6: Look, the reality is we have a finite number of resources here in the city of Chicago, in the county of Cook, and so um, there will be a need um, to uh, to expand the number of communities across the state that may um, have to step up, and as you heard from Secretary yeah. Ho, what? in the first instance, um, the plan is going back to um, hotels and other spaces um, that have welcomed other uh, refugees that have come to Chicago, but this has got to be something that we are in deep communication and collaboration with our partners across the region because this is that's what the, what that 's what the time demands
1: okay, yeah <laughs> jeez listen she all these people in the media, what have they been whining about they didn 't even let us know yeah. these migrants were coming i can't, they didn 't even tell us. What has she done? She sends people to the suburbs, not letting anyone know yeah. that they're coming. She does the exact same thing and then turns around and says... Well,
6: this has got to be something that we are in deep communication <laughs> and collaboration... You freaking with our fraud!
1: Partners. Oh my gosh, you box checker! <laughs> you know. The only reason you're in that job! Now, Just terrible! Now Every mayor
2: what? around the Chicago area now is like blocking your number.
3: <laughs> now I... I will say, though, here's a solution to the border crisis. Every small town uh, along the Texas or Arizona border, what they need to do is start having major marathons, like every weekend. (laughs) Right. Because then they'll say, hey, we don't have the hotel capacity, okay? Oh, my goodness.
1: That's wild, man. You think about it. You going to Chicago, if you are going to be staying around there, I know they give everybody a phone, right, when they come in? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That sort of thing. No Obama phone. No, no, it's a Biden phone. It's a smartphone. It's not the old flip Obama phone. You need to give him a gun. You better give him some sort of protection
3: if you're right. sending him there. Just to be fair. Yeah. Holy, Holy that, smokes. We need firearm equity in this country, and we need it now.
1: <laughs> Biden gun.
3: <laughs> need a Biden gun. Okay, uh, electric vehicles are cheaper to own, says who? Says Kamala Harris. Vice President Kamala Harris says, well, this is the solution to high gas prices and climate change, Z.
1: (sighs) Okay. All right. I I do have this clip. I'm sorry. (laughs) Obama phone took over.
4: Electric vehicles. Yeah. Electric cars and trucks and buses, (laughs) which produce no tailpipe emissions. And they are cheaper to own.
2: What?
3: No. Now, I, so so this is one of those things, it's a sleight of hand uh, thing that you hear all the time. Because electric vehicles don't need uh, regular maintenance to the same level that, a, that an internal combustion engine does. Like, you don't need the oil changes, all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they say, well, see, the maintenance every year is much lower. That's kind of not true, though, when you look at the sticker price overall. I did back of the envelope math. I drive a truck. I drive a F one hundred and fifty, uh, and I got a really good deal on it. It's an older model, but low mileage, all that stuff. I did back of the envelope math, and in order to make myself break even, accounting for oil changes and things like that, okay, I would have to drive a Tesla for thirty years.
1: <laughs> thirty years.
3: Yeah. Even with the amount of gas you have to put in that truck. Yes. Based on how much I usually drive the truck right now. Wow. And that may not be true for other people in different situations. Totally possible. If you have a longer commute, my commute is not that long. You know, so it it just depends on your personal situation. But the idea that that it's cheaper is just not true. Unless the plan is to permanently find a way to keep gas prices at $5 a gallon. Well, if this show lasts, it'll be the Van Camp show. Well, yeah. Two of the members
2: are dead by the time that thing pays for itself. I just hope it's an electric hearse that takes me to my final (laughs) resting place. Wow.
1: That's incredible, David. 30 years. You know what? This is funny, too. We should add this in. You might have seen this, made the news, because Biden yesterday is going to Detroit, right? Talk about green electric cars, green energy. Forget about all the gas, CO2, everything else that it took for him to get there, as always. But he gets there, right? What is he most excited about when he's there to talk about electric vehicles? Did you see what he did?
2: Yeah, I did, actually. Yeah.
1: He got right in the Corvette. I love the Corvette. I'll take this home with me. He's revving up the (laughs) engine. You know his handlers are like, no, no, that's not what we're here for, Joe. There's
2: some people white knuckling it, too, thinking if he slips this thing into drive accidentally, (laughs) holy smokes. Yeah. Yeah. My first thought when I saw that was just sort
3: of turning Biden's rhetoric around on him a little bit and be like, why Mm -hmm. do you need a car like that? You think highways are wearing Kevlar vests? (laughs) Good one.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, That's pretty good. Um
1: yeah, I, that was just funny to see. Um okay. Other news. Oh, this is a wild story. Um from spammers. Okay, you try to put people on a do not call list like when you get the spam, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Well, I don't know about you, Scott. You usually answer. Well, you, I think you've
2: stopped that practice for the I most have, part, I except have.
1: you did it like 2 weeks ago again.
2: Yeah, I don't even know why, but I did. Okay. Um
1: like this dude in North Carolina, his name is Omar Corey. He runs a small IT company. Um, had some free time on his hands, and this was early on in the pandemic. So he decided to start answering all the telemarketer calls he got so he could threaten to sue them. Oh, Never heard anybody with that tact. I've heard a lot of people goofing on him a lot of different things. Um, he's on the do not call list. So they're technically not allowed to call him. But most people don't jump through any hoops that, you know, actually do anything about it. So he said, I wouldn't suggest other people try it because it's basically a full-time job. But he ended up getting settlements from 20 to 30 different companies for a grand total of around $100,000. Nice. And apparently, I guess a guy in Texas did the same thing and made about $75,000 in a year. So he's figured out what he wants to do with all the money. He bought a bar in downtown Winston-Salem, and he's calling it the wrong number. (laughs) Uh, Doing a soft open next month, and he's staying on theme with it. So a lot of the spam calls he got came from debt companies. So the drink menu will include one called Debt Relief and another called Car Warranty. (laughs) I get one of those every day. It's pretty good. Yes, it is. And you still will answer it occasionally. Yeah. 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 Can we record that so we just have the back and forth and we could play it back on the
2: show? It could be fun. I would love that. Mm -hmm. That'd be a whole lot of fun.
1: Okay. uh, The Jewish University and the battle against the LGBTQ club. There's an update on that story. And okay. Would you get a tattoo if it was painless, Scott? You've talked about it before. Yeah. It's been invented. All right. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I know there's a lot of stuff in the news cycle um, that's sad. It's maddening. The good news is, I think a lot of people are waking up and they're starting to speak out. I hope you're right. I really do. Um, you know, we talk about the border and we talk about what it's doing to all sorts of areas around the country. And the other part of that is fentanyl. Yeah. And it almost seems, even though we're well aware of it, it doesn't get talked about enough. I just saw another story. 15-year-old student at Hollywood's Bernstein High School died in the bathroom the other day.
2: Jeez. Golly.
1: Apparently, the drug dealers are making them look like ecstasy pills. So kids are quick to take them. And they're laced with fentanyl.
2: It's just incredibly sad i mean what are we going to do about this this has to stop it does this has to stop prosecutions need to happen no one's doing it death row needs to be become a real reality for these guys there are so many of these stories
1: and maybe one of you guys remember wasn't it a hundred and fifty thousand fentanyl pills or was it what was it it was more than that that was found in california they arrested the dudes, and they were out two days later. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then they didn't show up to their court date. Really? Really. And I think it was even more pills than that. I want to say it was over a million, but I don't want
2: to get crazy. And they're just waltzing in through the border, too. I mean, That's what I'm saying. But let's make sure our kids wear masks in school. Right. <laughs> God, you hypocrites. Yeah. And what is it? Uh... We
1: heard that uh, by DeSantis sending plane loads of migrants to
3: Martha's Vineyard, yeah. it's inhumane? Who said that? CBS Mornings. Yes. Uh, they were kicking this around, and uh, just listen to this back and forth, man. Okay.
1: Martha's Vineyard is a tiny island of 15,000 people yes, of without an ice court, without an infrastructure that can handle an influx like this.
5: Well, I thought the word inhumane was a good good one to use in this particular case. The people don't know where they're going. The people that are there don't know you're coming. Right. It's good to see, though, that they're being welcomed and that people mm. are trying to help them. Yeah. Yeah. But it's you're right. Volunteers. Exactly. I've been to Martha's Vineyard many times. It's a great, I great bet place. I you have. At least give people some notice so they can prepare. Yeah, right,
1: Do yeah. you know what illegal immigration is? So, yeah. you,
3: you're Idiot. So arrogant. Well, they say, yeah, Martha's Vineyard, it's a population of 15,000. It's not the sprawling metropolis of Eagle Pass, Texas, with 28,000 people. It tells you everything
1: you need to know. Because for those elites, it's, hey, the dirty, unwashed masses down there in Texas and Arizona, yeah. and your small towns are supposed to take care of this.
3: Not us. I mean, we, when you're talking about those border communities, you're talking about some of the poorest areas in the country, yes. like Roma, Texas. And they don't have... The resources to deal with this,
2: and the no, arrogance and people's of these property. Jones. I know that's what I said. The arrogance is what gets me. It here. is yeah. cluelessness. I mean, I I go there all the time. I don't, you know. I bet
1: you do. Shut up. Give me a break. Oh, I saw this. Supreme Court has temporarily forced Yeshiva University, mm-hmm. the famed Orthodox Jewish university in New York, to accept an LGBTQ club against its wishes. What is going on? Do you know what the name of the university is? <laughs>
2: yeah, right. Exactly. That's why, though.
1: We have freedom of religion, don't we? Didn't we used to? So the way the story goes, the university had asked for a stay of a Manhattan judge's order uh, to grant recognition of the university pride alliance, the Yeshiva, On Friday, Justice Sonia Sotomayor, Really? Granted the emergency petition, but on Wednesday, just yesterday, the court voted five to four to reject the state and send the case back to the New York courts. Where Yeshiva has lost before. You're seeing this all over the place. Yeah. Okay. Just asking the question, if this was a Muslim university,
3: would we be having the same conversation? No, and the Supreme Court didn't didn't necessarily back up anything. They just said this needs to work its way through the New York court system right now. That's all. And then all it basically. will
1: end up going to the Supreme Court if need be? Potentially. Okay. And then are we gonna hear if it's actually ruled that they don't have to allow this club mm-hmm. that we have an extreme Supreme Court?
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because they're using common sense. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Who's going to an Orthodox Jewish university and thinking, you know what? We need to have a gay club here. you understand
2: how that that works? Well, this is done for that exact reason, right. though. Well, yeah, it's To harassment. stir it up, make That's it go it to court, is. you know. You need to accept it. Right. And right. if you don't, we're going to sue you.
1: Yeah. Oh, and news for you, Scott. You've talked about a tattoo for a long time. I have, yes. You're a little, little bit skittish because you've heard it hurts a little bit.
2: Well, I'm not. Well, listen, I've been through some pain, but uh, I'm not really open to inviting it. No. Okay.
1: Well, apparently, there are now painless tattoos. So you got the small needle with a normal tattoo jabbing you over and over, but the new technique doesn't use needles at all—at least not conventional ones. It's the way they tell it. Oh, it's good. a patch with thousands of little needles on one side. Great. But you can't feel it.
0: Or
2: so know. they say. Maybe
1: we'll do it live on
2: the yeah. air. Uh, no. no.
1: Scott Robbins, well, it was a big celebration this week at the White House because of the Inflation Reduction Act.
2: Mm, it was a shindig.
1: Even though inflation is getting worse. And the Inflation Reduction Act, as it's been said many times and it's true, does nothing to help solve the inflation problem that we have.
2: Well, they, they uh, just announced the Oakland A's would visit the White House as world champions. <laughs> The New York post had an
1: interesting piece talking uh, about how this is affecting so many people, just inflation. And you're talking about like a family of three, how they've had to cut costs. And then they're looking at different activities for their kid have, you know, you have to pull back on that stuff because it's expensive. And a lot of things over the last year have just gotten more expensive. It's not just food, but if you're going to take a little trip, the room costs more money, the activities cost more money. Um, It was also interesting because they mentioned this dude who's an attorney from Long Island. He's 55 years old. And he said, you know, a couple of times a week, I'd go to a steakhouse and enjoy a good meal. I can't do that anymore. going to the diner now. And you could see different people rolling their eyes as they were reading that. Well, that's really sad. Thing is, that also means that steakhouse is getting less business. That's right. Oh, yeah. And that means, well, waiters, waitresses... Less tips, less money is coming in. It, I mean, it affects everybody. And then it was this lady who's 28 that said, actually, in the last couple of years, she met a guy, got married, and got a raise with her job. But she's doing worse even with combined income because of the price of everything.
3: Yeah.
1: And all of a sudden, I'm reminded of the conversation we had on the air the other day where we're talking about all the experts, talking about numbers we were gonna get a couple of days ago, talking about inflation and the consumer index. And David, you kept saying, if you go to a grocery store, if you keep a budget, you already know this. Why was this such a surprise? And it is, it's just the stories of real people and how inflation
3: affects everybody. And it just gets worse. Oh, yeah, and it's because because a lot of these so-called experts are not directly affected by this. You know, most of the people who are talking about the crunch of inflation at the national level, you know, your 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 economics professors, all that stuff, they're very similar to the guy that you mentioned, the attorney, who just doesn't go to the steakhouse anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it means. Oh, we're just not going to have some of the luxuries, right? Well, right. if you're not pulling in six figures, seven figures, it's not just not going to a steakhouse. I mean, there are people talking about, well, yeah, people... Say that I've lost weight. Well, it's because I'm eating less, because we can't afford it. We can't afford to eat at the level we had eaten before. We right. can't afford, I mean, the, the stories that you see all around the country, uh, out of food banks and things like that, it, you know, going to a food bank and asking for help for the first time when you're desperate is a humiliating thing to do. It is a hard thing to do. Because when you're going there, a lot of times what's in the back of your mind is, I've failed my family. And that may not be fair. It may not be true. It may be, look, times are hard right now. And you're desperate. Dude, Dude, whether it's right or wrong, people feel that. But people do feel that. That's the level of humiliation that people are internalizing all over this country. And you have people at the top who just really don't care. Their advice is winterize your home and buy an electric vehicle.
1: No, they're supposed to be representing us, but there's something bigger for them.
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. And a lot of it, honestly, it's go deep into the weeds here, has to do with globalism. It's not looking out for the people in your state or your country. It's benefiting yourself. It's, It's a problem. That's why I think we got to highlight people that are really championing policies that's going to help so many different people, and just calling it out. It's interesting to see the reaction today after you know people who are here illegally get flown to Martha's Vineyard, and we're being told that it's one of the worst things you can do for these folks. Yeah, it's crazy to me. It really is that it's somehow inhumane to fly people from Florida to Martha's Vineyard. Where a bunch of
2: billionaires live.
1: And they're here illegally. That's awesome. <laughs> Holy smokes.
3: Yeah. Well, the, the state of Florida, yeah, like you said, has dropped off about, what is it, 50 illegal immigrants? I keep losing track. But most of these charter buses or flights, it's 50 to 100 illegal immigrants at a time. And, yeah, DeSantis dropped them off on Martha's Vineyard, and the limousine liberals are mad about it. Uh, Massachusetts State Representative Dylan Fernandez was on CNN this morning, uh, going after Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. Okay.
6: Um, when these plans arrived, there was there was no heads up to the local community at all, and so these people had to walk several miles just to get to a place.
2: <laughs> now, <laughs> okay. A whole...
3: Go ahead, David. I, I just have a question here. I've never been to Martha's Vineyard. Um, Big shocker there. I've never been there. Mm -hmm. But if they have an airport, if there's a place where obviously this plane landed, does nobody tell them to, like, hold on, sit tight. We're coming to get you. Why'd you make them walk (laughs) several miles? (laughs) I just don't understand. If the community is wrapping its arms around the folks who got dropped off, I mean, if it's 50 people, uh, get a couple of school buses or something out there. I know it's a hassle, but welcome to reality, I know it's kind of a hassle, but you can do it. Why'd you make them walk that far? It Doesn't make sense. Okay, all right. Help me here. For the
1: now, millions of people that have come through the border illegally. Okay, when you get through, and you you know write down all your information, and I know you're supposed to come back later, but you know, say in El Paso, um, Del Rio, these different spots, they're overloaded with people. Yeah. They they can take no more. All right. So then these people that are here illegally have to be taken somewhere, right? Yeah. So my guess is when they cross the border, they don't quite know where they're going. Yeah. Right? Right. So now the big sin as far as busing people or flying them to Martha's Vineyard or New York or D.C., they don't even know where they're going. I don't think they know where they're going when they cross the freaking
3: border. You're going to Martha's Vineyard. It's like you've won the lottery, isn't it? Oh, you would think I mean they 've got the their arms wide open right they're an accepting community they absolutely and kind of put your money where your mouth is this is what you wanted
6: uh, martha 's Vineyard community services uh, uh, to to alert them that they needed help. I mean, just think about that. Think about the governor of Florida, yeah so one of the largest states in the nation, spending his time uh, hatching a secret plot to ship up fifty <laughs> well- 50- Immigrant.
3: Yes, it wasn't a secret plot. I was gonna the say state legislature what? literally passed a law that says we're going to relocate these migrants. It was not a secret plot. Correct. Okay.
6: Immigrants here, families, children as young as four, and use them as political pawns just so he could get on Tucker Carlson and and beat his chest about his about how he's tough on immigration. <laughs> This
1: <laughs> he's not ready for prime time, man. Holy smokes. Go
6: ahead. He is a coward. And oh. the real story here is about the island community that has rallied to come together to support these people. They represent the best of what America has to offer. So
1: in the end, the people here illegally got to be together with the people that are the good people that do so much. Then why are you bitching like a little whiny girl why everyone should be happy dude oh I'm sorry suggest- oh by the, by the way we're not supposed to say bitching sorry about that yeah sorry about that it's all right
2: i mean but why is he bitching i i don't, I don't know i don't know i don't know because it, you again you've made it known Yes, that we are not racist. We are will. We think immigrants should just be able to come into this country, and they're leaving. The places they're leaving are terrible, and and then when again, when it comes to your, these, this reminds me of. And I'm sorry, I don't want to get too far off track here, but this reminds me of the elitists talking about defunding the police. Yeah, right. Go talk to the people that actually are impacted by that bonehead. Right. Yes, you know, and they're like, no, we don't want it. No, we want more police.
1: Right. Next, we'll just ship all the criminals right.
2: to Martha's Vineyard. Right. If you advocate for something, then you should welcome this. There you things, go. Right? Meanwhile,
1: one of the brightest minds in Congress, Maisie Hirono. <laughs> oh,
2: God. Yeah.
3: <laughs> is saying abortion is literally a call to arms. Yeah. Democratic Senator Maisie Hirono is calling for violence against pro life Republicans. Oh, boy. She actually said it. Now, I. Granted, she's so dumb. I don't know if uh, she understands exactly what she said. But she's talking yesterday in reaction to Lindsey Graham's proposed 15-week abortion ban, and uh, here's here's what she said in her own words. Okay,
4: this is an outright attack on women in this country. That is how I see it. That is how more and more women and those who support our right to make decisions about our own bodies. That is how we see it. And why? Uh-huh. Because that's what's happening, Madam President. I yield the floor. But clearly, you know, this is a um, literally call to arms in our country.
3: What? Literally a call to, call arms, to arms, which literally means we're picking up guns and yeah. fighting people.
1: Are you sure she didn't think about flexing a bicep? Does she really know what she's saying? <laughs>
2: Oh, no, but she said it. Oh, my goodness. Be held accountable for what you say. I mean, isn't that violence? That, that and is, if I don't say anything that, about it, you know, silence is violence, that's too. That's true. That, no, it's literally a call for violence. That's what it is. Yes. It is. Yes. It is. Maisie but, Hirono.
1: And I know we could play the game. What if that was a Republican talking about a different topic oh, and oh, it's yes. a call to arms? I mean, there would be a freak out. We'd be t- hearing about January 6th and everything else. Three Mega but it's probably this understood thing. Maisie's not all there, has never been all there. She's not intelligent at all. How she ever got that job, I have no idea. But as far as the argument women are being held back, she stands in the way of that argument. How did she ever get to that spot? <laughs> Seriously, how did that ever happen?
3: It's... I want to see everyone she's beaten, like through her career. I mean holy smokes man given oh, the violent right. rhetoric that she's espousing I assume she just had a
2: lot of people killed yeah I don't feel safe anymore <laughs> in this country I'll tell you that but yeah. people like Maisie Hirono
1: yeah. her Maxine Waters always doing yeah. this call people don't even take it seriously
2: uh, even
3: people on that side are like they're a joke I don't know man I mean there have been a lot of attacks on uh, pro life pregnancy crisis centers True B- Yes that is true No
1: if we really lived in a sane world I mean there would be repercussions for that. I don't expect anything to happen. It's Maisie Hirono. <laughs> right. it's crazy, man. Um, all right, we got another news update. And there's just a story that I thought Robbins would at least find interesting. Madonna's boyfriend since 2008 uh, all have something in common. Oh, gosh.
0: <laughs> Straight ahead. Yep.
1: The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley. David Van Camp. Scott Robbins. You know, talking about the migrants being dropped off Martha's Vineyard,
3: that's one of the big stories out there yeah. today. Off air, David, you had a great point. Well, uh, right now, that's like one of the biggest stories in national yes. media, and it's generating all of this outrage. You've got all these elected officials, all these Democrats, all these enablers in the media who are out there talking about how outraged they are. This is terrible There is more outrage right now about 50 migrants being dropped off on Martha's Vineyard than there was about 50 migrants literally cooking to death in a trailer outside San Antonio. That's really true. They don't want to talk about that. They don't want to talk about the fact that 600 freaking people have died at the border because of this crisis. They don't want to talk about any of it. But oh my gosh, some of our friends on Martha's Vineyard might be a little put out because of this.
2: Now it's an outrage.
3: And I've been there before, and it's really nice there. Oh,
2: yeah. I can't even believe they didn't admit it at this point.
1: I mean, I know a five-year-old and a three-year-old drowned crossing the Rio Grande. I guess it's kind of sad, but
3: I go to Martha's Vineyard. Right. Well, now we're talking about how it affects real people. Right. Gosh. These are bad people. They are bad people. Speaking of bad
1: people, this is interesting. So Fox News Digital did a report on the equity chief from the Department of Defense on some of her anti-white posts on social media. And all of a sudden, that person, well, has gone dark on social media. So I did not know that there was a whole lot of anti-white stuff from the chief diversity, equity, inclusion officer at the Department of Defense, uh, Kalisa Wing who describes herself on Twitter as a woke administrator. So Fox News Digital is like doing a little story on this. Um, you know, things like in June of 2020, she said, "I'm exhausted with these white folks, FOLX," yeah, in these professional development sessions. You know, some
3: lady actually had the audacity, what? That's C-A-U-dacity. <laughs> like Caucasian audacity. That's I I think that's kind of funny. I'm not going to lie. Yes, I'm with you.
1: I don't think she means it as no. funny. But to me it's funny because it's so ridiculous.
2: Yeah. <laughs> caudacity.
1: Yes, I, this lady had the audacity to say that black people can be racist too. How dare you say such a thing? You sit down and do the work and shut up. <laughs>
3: I'm sorry, man, but caudacity is stuck in my brain. And <laughs> Me too. That's just the perfect word to use for the outrage being generated by all the migrants being dropped off in Martha's Vineyard. That's caudacity. <laughs>
6: uh,
1: says in the story on another occasion, uh, Wing responded to a user. Who said, I'm exhausted by 99% of the white men in education and 95% of white women. Where can I get a break from white nonsense for a while? If another Karen tells me about her feelings, I might lose it. Seems like a very angry person. Very angry. But now they've gone dark on social media. So sad. Keep an eye on that one. Oh, and for you, Scott, uh, all of Madonna's boyfriends since 2008 have something in common. You know what it is? They're not very bright. Besides that, I mean,
2: that's a given. I don't know.
1: They're all at least 28 years younger than her. Oh, geez. uh The latest boyfriend, uh dude named Andrew Darnell, yeah. is 23. She's 64. Oh, gosh. Now, if that's a dude who's 64, female 23, everybody's going, oh, dude, really? Right. I'm looking for his convertible but Corvette. Let's, let's yeah. celebrate Madge for that. Mm. Um, Darnell is younger than Madonna's daughter, who's 25.
2: See, that's got to be the cutoff point, man. Oh, that's just, Madonna.
1: I, yeah. That's repulsive.
2: Huh. Loose skin. <laughs> this is the Markley Van
1: Camp and Robin Show.
3: And the biggest story of the day is what, David? Well, uh, how outraged uh, Democrats and uh, media seem to be right now that uh, migrants are being dropped off outside of the vice president's official residence and on Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Uh oh. That means you're over the target, guys. Come on, Republican governors, keep doing it. Keep going. Get bigger. Get better. Let's go. Again,
1: these are people, elected officials, who said, we want people to come here. They've said it. And we're a sanctuary city. We want to help pay legal fees for people. We're doing what you asked us to do. Yes. I would think you would want more. Right. Buses and planes full of migrants. Okay. Okay. Much more to get to. Rand Paul on Fauci next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins just had to step out. He's fine. You know, we're doing a show every day. Sometimes you have different family responsibilities that can come up. It happens. Mm -hmm. But, you know, because of Scott's past health issues himself. Yeah going back to 2015 just to let you know he's fine. He is fine. Okay. So Biden now
3: is going back to the Trump era immigration policy? Yeah. yeah. Well, he well he wants, he wants to. Uh here's the story here from Reuters. Uh, Joe Biden, he's reopening the Trump playbook on immigration, it appears. We're uh, talking about Title 42. This is the COVID health order mm-hmm. that makes it easier to deport illegal immigrants. This is something that Biden said, well, it's immoral. It's not who we are. It needs to end. But now reality is sinking in because we have an unprecedented border crisis along the southern border. Uh, apparently, the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, has been trying to get Mexico to accept more migrants from cuba nicaragua and venezuela so currently people coming from those countries can stay under asylum claims and it's tough for us to send them back to their home countries because well we're not exactly best friends with cuba nicaragua and venezuela okay now here's how bad it is and i didn't realize this i admit this i, I was kind of surprised at the breakdown here uh in this fiscal year You know, we've talked about this before. We're on track to see two million, quote unquote, arrests at the border. I say, quote unquote, arrests because they're not really detained. They're they're processed and then sent on their way. They're not held They're They're just said, "Okay, get back to us in 90 days or whatever. Uh, About a quarter of those arrests involve a person from Cuba, Nicaragua or Venezuela. In 2020, for comparison, they made up three percent of the arrests at the border. They know it's open. Right. Y- yes, they absolutely know the border is open. And so... Like everybody that comes in that's interviewed, right. they all say, well, yeah, it's open. We were told. We, we see it on TV. Yeah. Uh, so Biden is quietly trying to get Mexico to accept deported migrants from those three countries. Now, uh, Mexico doesn't want to take the Cubans, Nicaraguans, and Venezuelans because, well, they're not on great terms with those countries either. So they can't deport them back to. And they're saying, well, we don't. What are we supposed to do with it? Right. So instead, Mexico wants to set up internal flights of migrants from its northern border to its southern border to relieve some of the pressure on the U.S. Mexico border. And then, meanwhile, of course, as we know, uh, officials in El Paso have been forced to release. Uh, hundreds of migrants on city streets because, well, they're overcrowded. No, there's nowhere to put them. Right. So so that's where, you know, when the news hits today that DeSantis sent a charter flight to uh, Martha's Vineyard and uh, Texas sent a couple more buses to now D.C. outside of the vice president's official residence, um, Uh, I'm just like, okay, the weeping and wailing coming from liberal media outlets and Democrats right now is a bit much, okay? Well, and we had a clip from the Today Show earlier, and one of those clips,
1: you can hear the sadness in the delivery like it really is them out there covering some natural disaster. Right. That's what they said. And, And part of that, to me, I was, like, laughing. Maybe that's a dark sense of humor, at part of this report. Local Democratic lawmakers in Martha's Vineyard, outrage. <laughs> Representative Dylan Fernandez posted to social media saying
6: he met with the immigrants at a local church.
1: Okay, and then goes on to say...
6: Some of these people, I've been told, traveled months just to get to the border. Um, and then were, were sent here in, a, in an airplane with very little information about where they're going or why they were going there.
1: Okay, so it took them months to get here,
3: on foot. Yeah. First, getting on a plane is probably nice. No kidding. (laughs) Easier way to travel. Well, and, and, you know, for all the weeping and wailing that's going on, how dare you send them on charter flights to a place they don't know where they're going, they don't know what they're supposed to do. The Biden administration has been doing that. Yes. They've been using, they've been been hiring contractors and working through non-governmental organizations to send migrants all over the country. The difference is this wasn't the middle of the night. Right. Exactly. That is the difference. Remember Jen Psaki last year, the former White House press secretary, was being asked about middle-of-the-night flights to Connecticut, to Long Island. Like, hey, what are, you know, it it does seem like you're just sort of dropping people off in the dead of night. And she says, well, 3 a.m. technically isn't the middle of the night. (laughs) Forgot about that, but I do remember it now. I mean, it's absurd. Yes. That now suddenly it's a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if they're seeing the writing on the wall. This is going to hurt them with the midterms. They've got to do something different. Because it's one thing to say, well, it's really not as big a problem as the GOP makes it out to be. But when you're going on legacy media whining and moaning about how these people are being sent to Martha's Vineyard, it doesn't resonate with people. That dog is not going to hunt. It just won't. Meanwhile... Rand Paul is not going to let up
3: on Anthony Fauci, and that's a good thing. No, he says he's going to go after Dr. Fauci if Republicans take control of the Senate because, well, for many reasons, but one, he thinks there's been a massive cover-up when it comes to the origins of the coronavirus. Yes.
5: And even in some of their emails, there's some hint of this, that they say it would be damaging to their reputations and to the reputation of their organizations if it were found out that they funded Research that caused this virus.
1: Yeah, you talk about Fauci, Francis Collins from the National Institutes of Health.
5: So we will get to the bottom of this with or without Fauci's help, but he's going to have to decide whether he will actually dissemble or lie under oath. We already have him in committee not telling the truth about this. He says, oh, gain of function research didn't happen in Wuhan. It did. He said he didn't fund it. He did fund it. And so the thing is, yes, we will get to the bottom of this, but elections have consequences. If we don't win the Senate, I won't have the ability to do this. If we win the Senate, I promise you hearing after hearing to get to the bottom of how this virus originated.
3: Yeah, yeah. I got I got no problem with that, but just unsolicited advice. Mm-hmm. I know that Rand Paul doesn't need my advice, but make sure the questions are focused. Make sure they stay focused. You know, if you have these hearings, because sometimes and I, I'm just I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm going back to like the Benghazi hearings. OK, where everybody was, what, you know, it's super important to figure out what exactly happened there. Sure. Who knew what, when, why, mm-hmm. why were people sent out to lie about the origins of the, the conflict that happened there at the embassy? I mean, super important questions needed to be answered. And we knew there was a cover up. But it got so cartoonish with everybody looking for their 30-second viral moment. <laughs> that yes. when you hear Benghazi, a lot of people, including people who are interested in it, just kind of roll their eyes. That's human yes. nature. And so if you go off the rails and you handle it, you know, in this sort of always searching for a viral moment thing, we're never going to get to the bottom of what actually happened, who knew what and when, and people are going to say, okay, origins of the coronavirus, I don't care anymore.
2: Yeah, you're probably
3: right about that. But there's a lot of proof in the emails,
1: man, about the cover-up. Stick to it. Yeah. Call those people in. Oh, sure. I mentioned it earlier, too. It's very quietly that this happened, that the Navy has canceled vaccine requirements uh, for Navy SEALs. Yeah. You're going to see this more and more. But you're not going to see legacy media report on it the way you did when they were saying, we need mandates. Yeah, Because that's fallen out of favor. By the way, somebody sent me this. I haven't even heard it yet. But a lot of times, the theme of the show is risk it for the biscuit. Yeah. I don't know what we're about to hear, but it's the director of the World Health Organization saying that the end of COVID-19 and this pandemic is in sight. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on, man. You know, when people used to say, and David, you said it, Scott said it, The people will decide when it's over. Oh, and they pretty much have. And it's over. Yeah. Yes, it is. Okay, wise man.
5: We have never been in a better position to end the pandemic. We're not there yet, but the end is in sight. If we don't take this opportunity now, we run the risk of more variants, more deaths, more disruption, and more uncertainty. So let's seize this opportunity. We're
1: not risking anything because we're not doing that again. No. Okay. By the way, I saw a report last night. I think it was on Tucker's show. And we've seen this in other countries, but a lot of the European countries now are saying no vaccines if you're 12
3: and under. None. Yeah. Like
1: outlawing it. Yeah. Not
3: here. I wonder why that is. Oh, it's the full court press. Yeah. People got to get a return on their investment. Yeah. That's what it is. Did you see the story about Harvey Weinstein? Oh, gosh.
1: What's he up to? <laughs> well, he's in jail. You know that. Um, and it, it's been a rough time for him. Oh, has You know, it? he can't make movies, can't harass women, sexually assault them. Yeah. He's had to adapt. And apparently this is an issue with his teeth. He is asking to have his teeth fixed by a private dentist. Why? Because prison medics... Just
3: pull them out and leave gaping holes in his mouth. There's one guy who knows the value of just pulling something out. It's oh,
6: gosh. Like, where
3: Weinstein. are
1: you going with this, dude? Uh, so the, Weinstein actually said in the courtroom, this situation is an emergency. I will pay for the dentist. It will be one trip and one trip only. Just doesn't want his teeth pulled without replacement, or lead them to continue decaying. Please don't have that. Have sympathy on Harvey Weinstein. There are a lot of people get a big laugh out of yeah. that.
3: Well, how? I'm Just wondering, I don't know, how, how has his health just failed that dramatically? I know the guy didn't ever look like the picture of health. I mean, it was not good, but it, it's very weird how quickly his, I, I guess his teeth are now rotting out of his skull. Apparently, he says he's in pain every day. I have cavities, and I can't eat because I'm missing teeth.
1: Uh-huh. Well, he could probably stand and miss a meal or two. It still looks like he's hobbling right. around. Right. Help with balance issues. I don't know. I don't think he's going to get a whole lot of sympathy. I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Um. Okay. I want to know, David, who said there are those who think life begins at the candlelight dinner bef- the night before? Who said that? That's not Pelosi, is it? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear this story. And a news update next, right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins had to step out. He's fine, by the way. Okay, we have a clip of Nancy
3: Pelosi. What is this all about? Well, this is about uh, abortion and Lindsey Graham's proposal. I still think this is ill-advised, just just because it stands zero chance of passing, but he's proposing a bill that's a 15-week abortion ban. Um, And uh, Nancy Pelosi decided to try to do a stand-up routine when talking about this.
1: Okay, roll it. (laughs) I can't wait. There
6: are those in the party that think life begins at the candlelight dinner the night before. And and these people are, are in defiance of that, right? They're in defiance of that because they're saying whatever they're saying about it. So that's that's what you're seeing there. But we are united in our support for women's right to choose.
1: Until what time, Nancy? No. Yeah. They candlelight dinner the night before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's an awful human.
3: Well, I thought I thought Marco Rubio and I understand this may be the goal of Lindsey Graham proposing this. Uh, right now, knowing that it'll never pass uh, with the current makeup of Congress. Mm -hmm. Marco Rubio actually had a pretty good response the other day where he says, no, you need to be asking every Democrat here what restrictions, if any, they support. Absolutely. If you're against the 15-week ban or post-15-week ban, then where do you put that mark? That should be the question. An
1: honest media would ask that question. Ours won't. No. You know they won't. But, I mean, we've had this conversation I don't know how many times, man. But when you just look at the polling and where people are at, I think that's probably why Lindsey Graham did what he did. I don't know if that's a smart political move or not. You know, I mean, there are plenty of different things that Americans are thinking about right now. And I understand the Democrats are trying to make this midterm all about abortion. they got to grab onto something because they're upside down as far as polling in every single issue except when they frame it as you're taking away woman's rights. Yeah. But they never specify, okay, what what is a good determination in your view? And does that mean all the way up until birth? Because if you say that, you're upside down with people. Oh, totally. I mean, it goes from, well, I don't, you know, I would rather it not, to people saying, that's evil, man. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's murder. And I know for others, and I understand where people come from when they say, "Well, it's murder whether it's a day old." I get it. I'm talking about the polling with how people see it, mm-hmm. it was almost like that Dr. Phil conversation the other day, and Dr. Phil saying, "Well, science is is undetermined when life begins." Well, that's not really true, man. No, that's not true at all. It is really not true. But they just sort of glom on to the same talking yeah. points, you know, again
3: and again well, and again. I just think I think if- there's
1: an update now on Martha's Vineyard.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Martha's Vineyard has put out a couple of different uh, uh, press releases about getting 50 migrants sent there courtesy of Florida. uh, And they're calling it a humanitarian crisis. Humanitarian crisis? 50 migrants show up, and it's a humanitarian crisis. Dude. Wait a second. How can that be? They were there to provide services yeah. for the people there. How is it a crisis? Well, I mean, for the, for the Lindsey Grahams of the world, here's the, the political bill. If you want to try to pull a stunt, here's what you do. You propose a bill that says we are going to uh, allocate or, or send uh, migrants to locations solely based on median income. And so only locations, municipalities, and counties in the top 5% when it comes to median income in the nation, those are the destinations that migrants will be sent to. Make that federal policy, or at least push for it. You know that won't pass, but that right. you should push for that. Wow. Yeah, because the big celebration
1: today, you had the clip from the Today Show, and it was Savannah... Basically applauding, saying, that, "Well, the cheerful moment was uh, people came together."
0: Carrie, sounds like the local community pulled together to, to give shelter and, and help to these migrants. But were local officials given any kind of warning to prepare for the arrival?
1: Well, well, several local officials say that Florida gave them no warning. That they did have to scramble to provide some humanitarian aid to those who are arriving. And they, well,
5: welcome to the party. <laughs> right. This has
1: happened so many places across the country. Yes, but not our, not our Martha's Vineyard. (laughs) Yes. Are you ready?
0: Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show.
1: The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jeremy Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins had to step out, and he's fine. This is wild, man. We'll get to this in a few minutes. Denmark is not offering COVID 19 vaccines to people under 50 unless they're, quote, at risk. Yeah. No more vaccine for people under 50. Right. Holy smokes. Okay, we'll get to that. But first, we have well, state of emergency, really.
3: Somewhere in this country, right now. Yeah, Mar- Martha's Vineyard uh, has gotten 50 migrants sent courtesy of the governor of Florida and a new state law about relocating illegal immigrants. And uh, now it's a humanitarian crisis. And as, and I want to give proper attribution here. Uh, a wise Twitter commentator who goes by the handle Fusili Spock <laughs> points out. A uh, community that takes in one hundred fifty thousand dollar visitor, or I'm sorry, one hundred fifty thousand visitors a year, is declaring a humanitarian crisis over fifty people with brown skin. <laughs> I, okay, I think that's a fair point. It is a fair
1: point. So Ron DeSantis in Florida sends a couple of planes to Martha's Vineyard, yeah, with people who are here illegally. But known as migrants on, you know, mainstream media, um, and we should have open arms for them, you know, everywhere in the country except places where liberals are going to hang out. Right. That hey, then it affects us. Yeah. Okay, you little people, figure it out. Okay, and be welcoming. Don't you know what a Christian is? Right. We have stuff
3: to do and parties to have. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Massachusetts State Representative Dylan Fernandez was on CNN this morning and said, "Yes, this is anti-Christian." Really? Okay, I want to figure this out.
6: Well, look, we have, you know, a person here and Republicans who claim to be of the Christian faith, that yeah. claim to be wanting to help um, one another, help the most vulnerable. And to ship families here, children here, on a lie and use them as political pawns is a truly inhumane thing to do. <laughs> How?
3: I mean, I know he doesn't offer any explanation. Well, and, and honestly, why are you saying that Martha's Vineyard is worse than Florida? Because I thought F- Florida was this hellscape under uh, Ron Death Santis. Oh, of course. Yes. Um, but when he says on a lie, based on a lie,
1: what lie? Yeah. It, it, he doesn't mention what lie yeah. it is. And political pawns. I don't know, man. I can't get inside the head of everyone that's here illegally. What I usually believe is, it's people that know the border's open. They want a better life. They know this is the place to get that better life. Um, they've heard, you know, from family, from friends. They see it on TV. This is the place to go. So they're going to risk their lives to get here. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, for most people, once they get across the border, they're not quite sure where they're going to end up. Maybe they have relatives that they think they're going to meet up with at some point in time. You're never quite sure. But to be shipped to Martha's Vineyard seems like you won the lottery to me. Right. I don't understand how this could be inhumane. It can't possibly be inhumane. (laughs) And that's the thing. When any reasonable person watches this, they can't help but say, this dude is so full of crap And it's, you know, depending on your sense of humor, hilarious. But this is not going to work with people. This whole line of, oh, it is so awful what they're doing, sending people to where thousands of rich people want a vacation.
3: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. But but I think, I I really do think uh, these governors are on to something, these Republican governors who've been doing this, not just as a political stunt. It's time for people in Washington to take their cues from the people who are doing the job that they can't do and have proven they haven't been able to do for years. And so let's enact some federal policy. I think I just fixed it, okay? When you're talking about the asylum process, because that's what they're always falling back on, right? Mm -hmm. These are not illegal immigrants. They're asylum seekers, and they're awaiting their court dates to see if they can legally claim asylum and whatnot. That's what we're told. And there's a lot of gray area in between what the truth is and what that statement is. Um, so here, here's, here's the fix to the asylum process. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the new process is when you get to the border, you claim asylum, you are required to go to one of the top 10 wealthiest zip codes in America. And the federal government is now required to set up housing for them in the top, because they have the tax base, they have the resources to, to help. Everybody in? Yeah. Okay. Yes. All in agreement. So, I mean, love you're, it. You're talking about Atherton, California. You're talking about Boston, Massachusetts. You're talking about the Hamptons. You're talking about, well, Miami Beach, Florida. Yeah. Santa Barbara, California. Santa Monica, mm-hmm. California. Yeah, oh, yeah. You are required to live there while your asylum process is, or while your asylum claim is being processed. If that becomes federal law, which I think it should be, because for the practical, reason yeah, of, yeah. there are resources there that aren't available elsewhere in the United States where these migrants are being shipped to by the federal government
1: I love it but then also, know, that was the thing when I saw the story and we talked about it earlier was you know a couple of months ago saying I want to see these migrants shipped to Martha's Vineyard and the Hamptons yeah so half my dreams come true Robbins wants to add Aspen to the list I'm, so we could do that with that let's do it and let's be honest with one another if these migrants got shipped to Branson, do you think the media would care? No. How about the Smoky Mountains? Nope. No. Martha's Vineyard? Whoa. Well, yeah. Hold on a second. We can't do that. Unbelievable. Okay. Let's talk about the vaccines. Danish government. <laughs> I guess they just want to kill people, David.
3: <laughs> right.
1: Because they have uh, now said that they are not going to do vaccines for people under 50 unless they are
3: at risk. Yeah, no more boosters. Wow. What's your reaction to that? Well, I, I mean, I think it's smart policy. I think, look, the, clearly the COVID vaccines do not prevent you from getting the coronavirus, and they don't stop you from spreading it. At best, they can keep you out of the hospital. Well, under 50... Generally, that's not a high risk anyway of you getting it. So what's the purpose of getting booster after booster after booster if in the long run you don't know if these mRNA vaccines are actually going to work backwards when it comes to overall immunity? So, yeah, let's, let's make sure that we're prioritizing people who are at risk who may have to take booster upon booster upon booster moving forward uh, with this. But the rest of the population doesn't need to do it prioritize resources absolutely well and again man
1: when you're talking about comorbidity and whether or not you know with the first vaccine and people said yeah you you really should get that vaccine you know can you know keep you from dying keep you out of the hospital okay with the boosters you're just taking somebody's word for it there's not a whole lot of proof that that's going to do what it says and maybe it does Let's say for the sake of argument, it does. You've lost the trust of people to trust in what you say. So, yeah, if you're under 50 and you're relatively healthy, do you really need it? Because from different studies we're seeing, and it's not talked about a whole lot in the United States, but it could have a worse effect on you getting the vaccine than not getting it. And I I think we're just scratching the surface of that, my own personal opinion. But that's wild that that's out there. Uh, One thing a lot of people are talking about today is the employee at the Chick-fil-A. Oh, yeah. That took down a carjacker.
3: Yeah, there's this young man who was working the drive-thru at Chick-fil-A in, uh, this is Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Uh, This was uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, A woman was being carjacked. A woman with a child was being carjacked. And what happened was the employee heard her yelling for help confronts the carjacker and you can see video of it it's floating around online it just like pulls a Bra- brazilian jiu-jitsu move on him takes yes. him down and then gets him in a headlock and holds him there
1: it's wild because when you first see it you think he's going to be out mash, and he just takes the dude down yeah he does okay i gotta bring this up sorry yeah you worked at a chick-fil-a i did You didn't take down anybody in this sort of situation. But as I remember, didn't your
3: mom yell at your manager? Yeah. (laughs) Should I not bring this up? No, it's fine. No, I started working there uh, like right before I turned 15. And then I was 15 when they hired, when, you know, anyway, long story. So Uh, 20 years ago. So, yeah. uh, And it was on a section of road on Highway 6 in Houston, southwest Houston. And that's a very busy stretch of road. It's a very wide highway. There are a whole lot of, you know, traffic accidents that happened there. For a while, it was like the deadliest stretch of highway in Texas because there's a lot of blind turns. I mean, it's just it's a mess. Well, I was in that stupid cow costume and I got sent out to hand out coupons in yes. what I thought was aptly named the Suicide Lane, you know, the little turn lane in the middle that divides this highway. So I'm yes. there at a stoplight handing out coupons and all of that. My mom, my mom worked around the corner from there. Yes, And so That's right. she, see, she doesn't know it's me. She sees somebody in the cow suit who's handing out coupons in this very busy you know, six-lane highway. And, <laughs> and so she actually stops, gets out, and says, what are you doing out here? And I said, "Hi, mom." And then, when she realized <laughs> it was me, she flew off the freaking handle. Get in the van. Get in the van. It's one of my favorite stories. So, so then she makes this extremely dangerous U-turn. We go back into the parking lot, into the Chick Fil A, and you know, then you know, I'm I'm sitting there, I'm sweating my ass off because it's freaking hot in Houston, and it's really hot in that dumb cow costume. And I'm there in the lobby, I'm holding the, you know, the mascot head in my arms, I'm sweating, all that, and she is dressing down that manager who sent me out there in front of the customers, the employees, and God. And I'm, I mean, I, I again, I, thank God that it was hot outside, so my face was already beat red, because otherwise that would have just been humiliating. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was an interesting dynamic uh, between me and that manager. I mean, luckily the other employees thought it was hilarious because they all hated that guy. Wow, like one yeah. of the only not very nice people that worked ever in the history of Chick Fil A at Chick Fil A. But um, it was that guy. But yeah, so they all kind of loved it because I mean, you got this small, you know, this five foot two woman just like completely <laughs> ripping him a new orifice. So anytime I see a story like this at Chick-fil-A,
1: I think about you and that cowhead carrying around. Your mom's yelling at a manager. That's great. Okay. Uh, got some news updates to get to. And check it. A Latino San Francisco cop has been branded racist for arresting Hispanics. <laughs> All coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins had to step out. He's fine. You have
3: a news update, David? I, I got a few, and I, I don't know where to start. Honestly, it is hilarious that now suddenly uh, a couple of charter flights show up on Martha's Vineyard. Now this is just an avalanche story, right? I, it's I'm I'm being buried in in in. Just BS, okay? It's crazy, and it's hilarious, and this is the exact intended result. The elites are really showing themselves for who they are. Yes. It, uh, Mar- oh my gosh, 50 migrants sh- were uh, flown on a plane to Martha's Vineyard? <gasps> this is inhumane! <clears throat> it's inhumane! The White House Press Secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, says that the children... Deserved better than to be left on the streets of Martha's Vineyard. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're joking. I'm not joking. I'm, I'm not. I'm not joking. Uh, you want to hear that? Yes, I do. Uh, this is this is on off the press. As I've got it here.
0: Okay. The children,
4: Governor Abbott, abandoned in Martha's Vineyard. The children that the that um, that Governor DeSantis abandoned uh, as well.
0: Time
1: out. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's early. Abandon how right what they don't have any place to put them what <laughs> they said that and why is it their responsibility alone then it's not it shouldn't be so, we don't secure the border this is what happens this right. is what they've been trying to tell you <laughs> obama had kids in cages and now it's inhumane to leave them in the streets of Martha's Vineyard yes okay go ahead
2: more
4: you know deserve better they deserve better than being left on the streets of dc oh, yeah. or being left in martha's vineyard they deserve deserve a lot better than that
1: and- <laughs> th- what what is better aspen
3: <laughs> right it's, well it's about to be we're heading into the cold winter months so maybe aspen wouldn't be so great but well, i guess for the kids i mean Disney super woke
1: free tickets right just live at disney it's a fairy tale
3: yeah i also want to know here uh, cuz you know there are so many uh corporations you mentioned Disney and that just got my mind on a tangent here so many corporations talk about woke ideology all the time sure Right. about hate has no home here uh you know we we believe that immigrants make up the best of us right why aren't they buying charter flights to well send them i guess back to florida because or,
2: they're frauds
3: right i mean we're it where, sounds good. Are they putting their money where their mouths are? I mean, I nope. really, I, I'm just wondering if you really want to help directly. Here's your opportunity, right? Because apparently the worst thing possible from somebody who just fled Venezuela is to wind up on Martha's Vineyard.
1: Right. That's how, what we're supposed to believe.
3: How is that bad? <laughs> I don't understand. I would love a free flight to Martha's Vineyard. It's not only that,
1: but the backslapping slapping for each other. In this community, along with the media talking about how the community has come together to provide the resources and open arms for these people, how is it inhumane? It seems like the best possible situation for everyone. Right. Meanwhile, so in D.C., where they dropped off the illegals right by the vice president's home,
3: the Secret Service is saying what? Well, the Secret Service was standing outside of the vice president's residence, Okay. Uh, b- and there's a big fence around it, and media was trying to talk to them, and, of course, they can't really comment, but something funny came out.
6: Okay.
2: Did we, were you notified that they were coming, that these migrants would be showing up? I have no comment. Uh-huh. Okay. So here, Do you there, know where yeah, they where they, they need to go yeah, from here, or
5: you're just trying
4: to make sure they stay away from the blue fence?
0: I have no comment. Yeah, just uh, uh, where, making sure uh, everybody's uh,
5: safe uh, and away and from our face. <laughs>
3: Making sure those migrants don't get too close to the wall. <laughs> Walls are evil. Yes.
1: This is the Barkley Van Camp and Robin show. Of course, I usually ask you the biggest story of the day. I think this is it,
3: dude. I again, I'm like drowning in fresh audio every moment about this, and it's cracking me up. This is this is hilarious because it's been funny kind of watching it happen and and play out in New York and and in Chicago and D.C., but suddenly Martha's Vineyard was like a tipping point for the media, and it's remarkable. It's perfect.
1: Again, half of my dream has been realized. That was the hope, that it would be Martha's Vineyard. The other hope is the Hamptons. (laughs) Please let it happen, because this really shows it for what it is this is really something and uh, we'll have more audio on that Um, oh and also the Latino cop branded for being a racist all coming up right here Mark V. Van Camp, Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial. David Van Camp, the sexy Boomer. Scott Robbins had to step out, Uh, so his top three of the day, of the trifecta, will be back tomorrow. Scott, yeah, I miss you. I know you do, Case. He'll be back. Um, Man, this is a wild day. It's it's enjoyable in a lot of ways because the elites are getting theirs.
3: It, this has been amazing to watch over the last several weeks. Uh, actually, in the last several months uh, is, you know, this program where Texas and Arizona and now Florida is getting in on the action or sending illegal immigrants to sanctuary cities saying, yes. hey, you, you want this, you you can have them. And they've been freaking out. And this has been kind of slowly building. You've seen stories here and there about uh, what's been going on in Chicago and Washington, D.C., uh, and, and in New York. You've seen that occasionally. But the straw that broke the camel's back, what made this a front page major story was 50 migrants being sent to Martha's Vineyard. Yes. The playground of the wealthy liberal elites. <laughs> Correct. That is remarkable. This is what we call a checkmate, kids, because they have lost their freaking minds. All of these people in the media who, when Trump was president, talking about children being ripped from the arms of their mothers, and the Statue of Liberty is weeping right now. Yes. It is a humanitarian crisis that one of the wealthiest places in America has 50 migrants. What is so strange,
1: too, and they try to do this, I don't think successfully, but at the same time, actually use the words humanitarian crisis yeah. and inhumane, at the same time, patting themselves on the back for offering the resources and outstretched arms for these migrants. Yeah. So it's such a confused message. But the border's still secure, just so you know. According to these people and the White House officials,
3: she said this today? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So because just a few days ago, Vice President Kamala Harris said that the border is secure. Yes. There may be work to do, but the border is secure. So Karine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, was asked, do you stand by that statement? And this is today? Yeah. OK,
6: is
4: the border secure? I, I'm just going to refer back to the vice president. We agree with her. She is saying that there's a lot of work to do, right? She also said that in that very statement. We agree that uh, the border is secure, but there is still more work to be done.
1: OK, that makes no sense. If it's secure, what needs to be done? It's not secure. Anyone that ever watches the footage of people just crossing into the country. know yeah. it's not secure. When they ask the people that come into the country, like Griff Jenkins at Fox News did earlier today, they actually say, no, it's open. It's it's absolutely open. They they know that. That's why they come. That's why it takes so long to get here. You think they think it's closed? Of course they don't. They know. Yeah, I like that.
2: I like this. Is the border closed? Do you believe that the border is closed or is it open?
5: It's open, not closed. The border (laughs) is open. The border is open. Do you believe that all the migrants believe that the border is open? Yeah, everybody believes that the border is open. It's open because we enter. We come in. We don't agree with the vice president. (laughs) It's not secure. (laughs) It's wide open. Well, yeah. That's how we got here.
3: I like that. He's like, yeah, we're here. Obviously, it's open because we're here. We're standing here in Washington, D.C., talking to, to one another.
1: Yes. That's just part of it. Okay, so Corrine Jean-Pierre
3: is asked some different questions, and then she brings up Ted Cruz, who is yeah. suddenly the governor of Texas? Apparently, yeah. Ted Cruz is the governor of Texas, which is a big surprise to Greg Abbott. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, this is how rattled these Washington, D.C. liberals are right now, knowing that you know, sort of home base of Martha's Vineyard has been invaded by the evil forces of brown people coming from South and Central America. Oh, goodness.
4: And if these governors truly care about uh, border security, they should ask Texas Governor Ted Cruz and Florida Senators Marco Rubio and Rick Scott why they voted against the president's request for record... Record funding for the Department of Homeland Security.
1: Do you know what they wanted to do with the money? Yeah. With the Department of Homeland Security? Yeah. It wasn't for the border.
3: No. they they were That's sleight of hand, you're a liar. You're a terrible person, and you're terrible at your job. One, one of the things they wanted to do was hire more bureaucrats to rubber stamp asylum claims. Yes. Which doesn't actually solve the crisis. In fact, it makes it worse because if Absolutely. you make it easier even to claim asylum... And just sort of come in, you know, you get your papers or whatever, and you you just waltz on into the country. You're putting a lot of people in uh, even more harm's way, and, and that's the thing that you can't you can never lose sight of is that you are talking about human beings here. And I know right now liberals want to say, well, how dare you put them on an airplane? And like, dude, they they probably had better flight service than my last flight that I Absolutely. paid for myself. Yep. So anyway. You know, they say, well, you're using human beings as political pawns, all that stuff. Okay, but you do realize that an open borders policy, that a lax asylum process, actually puts more people in harm's way. We have 600 people at least that have died at our border. How many thousands have died trying to get to our southern border? And it's because they've gotten the message that our border's open, and now... You guys want to cry because 50 migrants show up in Martha's Vineyard? Go screw yourself. Absolutely.
1: Well, this whole thing too, man, and I get what you're saying. They're people. They're human beings. And we all understand that. It is really rich when you have people on the left and in legacy media say something like, well, this isn't Christian to send these people here. It's inhumane. Okay, first of all, that makes no sense because they're well taken care of. Because you are patting yourselves on the back for taking care of them. At the same time, saying you want to take care of people, as we've mentioned I don't know how many times, Christian people in the United States are the most generous with their resources, giving to causes. Look it up. That's the truth. And a lot of times it is helping people in other countries like Venezuela, yeah. like Nicaragua, even Mexico, all around the world. And so to sort of use this argument, it, it it doesn't resonate with people. It might with other elites, but it not with just reasonable, everyday hardworking people. It doesn't resonate at all. And yeah, I think in the end, what we're looking at, with everything going on in the world. It's your classic good versus evil. Yeah. And it doesn't take long to figure out who's on what side. Yeah. Just by your policies and what works and what doesn't. And the fact that your vacation playground <laughs> was, quote, invaded by 50
3: people, and you call that a humanitarian yeah. crisis, is laughable to people. Yeah. Yeah. You know it's you know a humanitarian crisis is what's happening not only all around the southern border, but let's also just focus for a second on El Paso. There's been, which obviously that's on the border, yeah, um, but El Paso has had to let hundreds of people out of their shelter system because they have nowhere to put people. Um, I just saw a, a report from Allie Bradley, a journalist who's been doing a lot of good work on the border for a long time, and she shared a photo. Uh, I mean, there are hundreds of people sleeping on the streets right now in El Paso. Well, mm-hmm. not right now; it's middle of the day, but you know, they're but they are homeless now. They're on the streets. They got nowhere to go. Because of this, the immigration policy, the border policy that this administration has enacted. And there's a picture that she shared, Allie Bradley did, of a five-year-old girl Mm -hmm. who is in all donated clothes and is happy because she has a brand new pair of shoes that's been donated. And behind her is a pile of trash and an old sleeping bag. That's her bed right now. Mm -hmm. So spare me the crocodile tears when you talk about uh, Martha's Vineyard doesn't have the resources. <laughs> no, you're an evil human being. <laughs> yeah. if you're and, crying right now over Martha's Vineyard getting 50 migrants. And read the
1: stories of what's happened to women trying to get into the country from south of the border. It's, it's awful, horrible what's happened to so many women. Oh, my goodness. All right, I mentioned this story before. Real quick, there is a cop in San Francisco, Tino Cop been branded racist. Why arresting Hispanic drug dealers? That's right. <laughs> right. Another joke. Completely racist. It's a, it's laughable now. Yeah. When people hear that word like, "Oh, okay, yeah, whatever. How does this work?" Well, it's a public defense attorney for one of the neighborhood's alleged drug dealers um saying that the sergeant here, Daniel Salazarno, has arrested 53 people for drug sales over a 2-year period, and they were all Latino. But they're saying he declined to arrest some other people who weren't Latino. Well, and, and of course, they got to put the word Latinx in there. Oh, yeah, naturally. You know, the court agrees the allegation of racial bias and animus toward Hispanic or Latinx persons. And so the guy's worked 14 years for the police department, 12 in a certain area. Um, and he's been, you know, reassigned. But the, the lawyer for this guy, Solorzano said they're targeting him because he's a champion in the battle against the epidemic of fentanyl deaths right. in San Francisco. This year alone, he has taken over 18 pounds of drugs off the street. Mm-hmm. Good for him. But it's racist because he, he's going after them. They're breaking the law. Right. <laughs> what do you not get? And another story, just going to keep an eye on, I just saw a, an update a little while ago. If you ever wondered... The pitcher from the Los Angeles Dodgers, Trevor Bauer. Oh, yeah. You know, suspended from baseball. There was an investigation. He was accused of well, sexual assault. Brutal. Right? Did you see what he did? He actually released a video that the accuser took while they were in bed just like a couple of hours after the, quote, alleged assault. That's what he is saying in his post. Yeah. Like, this happened after I allegedly assaulted her. And so she's taken video of Trevor Bauer in bed next to her. And then she flashes the camera back to herself and she gives this coy little grin. Which you can say could mean any number of different things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not an expert when it comes to how someone that has suffered from sexual assault acts in the
3: hours afterward. But that doesn't look common to me. No, I mean, Trevor Bauer is passed out and he's got a little... uh one of those sleep masks on. Yes. I mean, if you, if you want to leave, you can leave, clearly. Um, yes. And she didn't look like she was desperate to leave. But, yeah, his point was uh, somebody else posted it, and he shared it. And yeah. said, yeah, this was approximately two hours after she couldn't get out of my house quickly enough after, you know, being brutally assaulted. Mm-hmm. Sure. So now he is asking for this whole thing to be dropped. What a
1: crazy... Yeah story man so just a little update there okay there's much more to get to well as you said today it's like a parade of laughter uh with the reaction of these 50 migrants getting flown into Martha's Vineyard uh so we'll have a little bit more on that and of course Nimrod's in the news still to get to right here The Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins had to
3: step out. I think he'll be back tomorrow. He's fine, by the way. Uh, news update: David Van Camp, White House press secretary, Corrine Jean-Pierre, reacting to the governor of Florida sending a flight of migrants to Martha's Vineyard, one of the wealthiest places in America, and she says it's it's cruel to send people to Martha's Vineyard, which is weird because people pay a lot of money to live or vacation on Martha's Vineyard. Wow, I can't wait to hear this.
4: It is a cruel, inhumane way of treating uh, people who are fleeing communism, uh, people who are- Oh, hold
1: on. You know what, I understand it. You have to hang out with the likes of the Obamas, the Don Lemons of the world, all of those people. That is cruel and inhumane. I agree with her.
4: Uh, people who are, who are uh, and we're not just talking about people, we're talking about children. We're talking about families uh, who were promised uh, a home, promised a job, put on a bus, and, uh, you know, driven to a place that they do not know. And it is a cool thing to do.
3: Obviously, obviously they have roots in Del Rio. I mean, clearly. They know exactly where they're going.
1: Hold on. What's this new stuff about promised a home and a job? What are we talking about? And so that job, where was it going to be? You end up, though, at Martha's Vineyard being taken care of, and that's cruel and inhumane? Yes. That's what we're to understand. Now, I would imagine if you just got off the bus and you're in Chicago, Uh and you're like, wait a second, those other people got dropped off at Martha's Vineyard? This let's make a deal, and that's what's behind my door? Well, this sucks. It does, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yep, sorry about your luck. You got Chicago. The, the other people got to go on a plane to yeah, go to
3: Martha's yeah. Vineyard, and they're calling that cruel and inhumane. But you'll get the, the uh, at-home version of the game as a consolation prize.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what, do you want a crappy job in Chicago, or do you want some vacation at Martha's Vineyard? I'll take the vineyard.
0: Thank you. All right, with that, let's get to Nimrod's in the news. Roll. <laughs> when the going gets tough,
2: damn it, this is too hard.
0: The dumb get dumber. All right, Dean. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show.
2: I love the poorly educated.
0: Well, if you
1: go to Martha's Vineyard, you got to hang out with John Kerry.
3: No. <laughs> okay, that is no. That is definitely cruel, cruel yes. behavior. Alright, Nimrod's in the news.
1: Uh British Columbia, Canada. Cops looking for a dude. Um, salt and pepper hair. Looks to be about fifty years old. He's been posing as a reflexologist.
3: You
1: okay. know what that means?
3: That's like that's like foot therapy stuff, right?
1: Foot massage expert, yes. Okay, yeah. He's just giving random women foot rubs.
3: Oh, uh, see. So oh. apparently he walked up
1: to a woman in a parking lot, asked, hey would you mind if I take some photos of your feet? She was caught off guard. I can imagine it was a nervous kind of thing. And so she didn't know what to do. She's like, "Uh, okay. All right. And then he started rubbing her feet and said, do you mind if I give you a proper foot massage? Man. And she's like, no, he just kept going. (laughs) So she got out of his hand, got her foot out of his hand. He was like, in 30 seconds, you'll feel so good. She screamed and ran.
3: I, there is something so unsettling about unhinged foot guy. <laughs> yeah. There. I mean, just.
1: Oh, yeah. Then a second woman said the same thing. So now they're looking for this guy trying to identify him. The foot freaking master. <laughs> and that's Nimrod's in
5: the news.